Amen? And first and foremost, for 30 years, what's been number one here and it'll always be is God's Word. Amen? Amen? You, you want to be connected to the house when what you're receiving, like Fabian was talking about, when increase is continually coming on your life, when things are happening in your life, you love to be in the house because of what you get to make a difference with. That, that, that's what matters. If, if you're just coming just to show up, it's not enough. But when you come to receive, to be able to give out, to receive more, to give out more, when, when, when you're living in that concept and you believe in it, you'd rather be in the house than anywhere. Amen? I can say that for myself. I love the house of God. Amen? It's, it, it, it's, it's not that the building is the house, but the building becomes the house when the house meets here. Did you hear what I said? I mean, I mean, I mean there, there are a lot of buildings that are called the church that are dead. Amen? But when the real house comes because they want to be here, then this is the house. Amen? Because it's where the house meets. Everybody say, I'm the house. Say, we're the house, right? We make up the body of Jesus Christ. We're the temple of God, amen? He, he has chosen to live on the inside of us. In spite of us, He chose to live in us. And this is His place, amen? And I'm so excited to be a part of it. Amen, in Jesus' name. So, we are ending the, ending the summer reruns with... Uh, as I said earlier, message or series we did in February called Day to Day. Living day to day and understanding how to live that way. Jesus was adamant about teaching the disciples how to live day to day and teaching them that they needed to get it in the three-year period that he was with them. They needed to get a hold of it so that they could pass it on and understand what really living day to day is really about. Because you can live from one faith experience to the next day to day, or you can live in one stressed out moment day to day. From one stressed out moment to the next. From one fear-filled experience to the next fear-filled experience. If it's not one thing, it's something else. And you never hear that statement in the positive. If it's not one thing, it's something else. Something broke down. This happened. This, whatever happened in my life. It's one thing or another thing that's happening in a bad way. No, we were created to live from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from one faith experience to the next, trusting God, learning to trust God every day. I've been saying this for a while in, in, in the body here, that God wants us to trust, and, 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 and this is the way God gave me this statement. He said, trust the God that is in you. Trust the God that's in you. Trust the God that is in you. <clears throat> Not just saying that, yeah, I, I, I trust God. No, trust the God that is in you. God is on the inside of me, and God wants me constantly looking internally and listening internally in my life. As I listen internally and I get understanding from God, then I know how to operate day to day. If I'm not looking internally, if I'm not learning how to do that. See, to make that statement to most people doesn't make any sense. Well, what do you mean, what do you mean listening internally? Well, in, in the fall on Wednesday nights, we do this periodically. We're going to teach a series for however long on the Holy Spirit, on the person of the Holy Spirit, on the gifts of the Spirit, different gifts of the Spirit, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just the Holy Spirit in general. And to learn to listen internally is to learn that there is one voice above all other voices that you have to learn how to hear and understand. There's, there's one voice that is all you need to be listening to. The deal is, we've got hundreds and thousands of voices coming at us in, in, you know, in the information highway that we live in and live on on a day-to-day -day basis. We have voices coming in every direction. And voices come from what you've heard, right? 
So when you come to the house and you hear the word and you meditate the word and you take the word, then you're allowing the voice from the word to become real to you to where you pay more attention to that voice than you do all the other voices. That, that determines what your day-to-day looks like, what voice you're listening to. And that's what we're about. I want, I want, I, I want you, my prayers for you every day is that you know how to live victoriously day-to-day. Not just, not just trying to find victory in your life. No, living from one victorious situation to the next. Amen? So, I believe the best way to look at it and, and to, to the, the foundation of that and in our series when we taught this um, back in February, we looked at Luke chapter 4. And in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, This is Jesus right after his baptism in water. John baptized him in the River Jordan. <clears throat> we had the privilege of, in, in my first trip to Israel, we had, the, I, we had the privilege of being able to go where they believed Jesus was baptized. If you see all the pictures of where everybody's baptized in Israel, that's not where Jesus was baptized. We, they know that for a fact. The, 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 the popular place where everybody goes. Well, we had, we had some VIP treatment and, and we had to go through these gates to get to this place. And we were, just a, we were just like, it was about probably 50 yards across the, Jor- the Jordan River um, to um, <laughs> where was it? to Palestine, so, or, or no, to Jordan. It, it, it was just like, like 50 yards across the Jordan River to Jordan. And they don't like people to go that close, or they didn't in that day because of what can happen if you go close. So, so we, had a, we had a whole escort of Israeli soldiers that escorted us and stood around the Jordan. And, uh, and we got to put our feet in where they said, right where they, they, they know. Sometimes they know things, and then sometimes they look at you, your guide looks at you like, well, you know, maybe it was. You know, maybe this is where, you know, I mean, it, it sells, right? But, but then they tell you, they know for a fact, this is where Jesus was baptized in water. Not everybody goes there or gets together. You have to, you have, to have the right people to get you through the gates to there. So when we go in February of 21, as a, as a church body, as we're going to Israel, um, we'll, we're, that's one of the places we're going to go. Um, but Jesus was baptized in the, in the River Jordan. I just had to tell you, that's, I've been there. Anyway, had to brag a little bit. Um, but Jesus was baptized in the, in the River Jordan, and he comes up out of the water, and from the account of that baptism, this is the next thing that we see in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit, was led by the Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit. What was he led by? He was led by a voice. See, see he, he couldn't be led some other type of supernatural way because then he's not our perfect example. He was led by a voice from the Father. The Father just got through saying from heaven that the voice from the clouds spoke out and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he's led by the Spirit through the wilderness into and through the wilderness. And the fact that, so, so he, he, he was out there for 40 days, and so it was a day-to-day experience in the wilderness. You, you and I live in a wilderness, right? The world is like a wilderness. And we have the Holy Ghost who is leading us if we're listening to his voice. And it says here, 
verse 3, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, and it said that he was hungry before that, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. What, what happened in that situation with Jesus right there? I'll, I'll answer it for you. He was tempted. He was tempted to give in to the devil telling him to do something that wasn't the will of God. He said, well, man, he's been out there all that time and he's hungry and, you know, he's Jesus. Why don't he command this to be some really good bread, you know, with some butter and honey on it? That wasn't the will of God. And, and, and what that breaks down into is you and I every day, there are things as we're walking in the journey. You can call what we walk through on a day-to-day basis is the wilderness of the world. We're not walking through wilderness of spirituality. We're walking in the wilderness of the world. He's walking in, as we look, if we were to read the rest of this, there were there are different groups of temptations and tests and trials that come against us every day. And what he said in the beginning was, man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live by circumstances and experiences. Man shall live by every word of God. Now listen to me when I say this. If you live your life based on your experiences, your experiences will cause you to make incorrect decisions a lot of the time. Even good experiences. Well, God did this for me, you know, 15 years ago. I'm expecting he'll do it the same way again. We we don't really, I mean, we see different accounts of the same story talked about in Scripture, but we don't see God doing very little uh, of God doing the same thing Within Jesus' life, everything was original. Everything was creative. And when we learn to hear the voice of God, God wants to do new and fresh things in your life to cause increase to come to you, to cause healing to come in your life, to cause everything that Jesus paid for at Calvary to manifest in our lives. Amen? But hearing that voice is the key to living successful day to day. And that's what Jesus was saying. I believe that 40-day experience had to do with our lives. Every day there was something else. Every day there was another experience. There was another temptation that came against him. But when God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, what does the Bible say that pleases God? People that have faith and trust in him. How will you ever have faith and trust in him if you don't believe the word, you're not a doer of that word, and learn how to apply that word based on what you're hearing? So, I'm talking to you right now. You're listening to me. You're hearing my words, right? I'm declaring to you today the words that I believe Father told me to speak to you today. You say, well, well you know, this is, a, this is a rerun. Well, God told me to do these reruns. He told me that, that what we shared in February, you, don't, you hadn't heard enough of that, Right? And, and you'll never hear enough of it. You know why? Because we don't live from knowledge to knowledge. We live from revelation to revelation. Now watch this. How many remember this series in February? Lift your hands if you remember the series. Three of you. Okay, good. <clears throat> um, no, I'm just teasing. Uh, so... If you heard something, if you heard this series in February and you did something with that word, what should come, what should come from the word, and it will if we take the word and do something with it, is it produces revelation. In other words, it's not just me knowing that it says something, but me beginning to believe it. So the next time I hear it, I'm hearing it with ears that have a deeper and a stronger and and a higher level of revelation in that. So every time you hear the word, it's not same old, same old. Ah, you know, I'm not going to come today. I've heard that before. No, you haven't heard it like you need to hear it. See, because when you're growing in revelation, when you hear the word again, you're going to hear it in a different way because now you're hearing it from revelation. So we're going from revelation to revelation. We're not just going from knowledge to knowledge because after a while it's like, man, I used to do that 25 years ago. I'm, you know, I, I know all that. 
I know all the things that you're saying. No, not really. Not really. Because we're going from revelation to revelation. And, and the stronger and deeper the revelation gets, the more real that God's word becomes to us to where we become, we become God word, God's word-minded people. In other words, I'm going to do what I'm hearing God say in a situation, on a, in a day-to-day situation, not what feels good, not what it appears like I should do. And sometimes it takes you in, in, in situations that you face Backing up in the moment, spending time, thank God for the Holy Spirit, for the ability to pray in other tongues and pray in the Spirit. When we do our series in, in the fall, we're going to talk about, and we'll have nights when we pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, I used to, in, in our services when we first started probably for the first 10 years, every service we prayed for people to be born again and to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Several years ago, the Lord told me, he said, you know, don't be quick for people to to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't be quick to do that because people need to be taught first so that they understand so they can receive. See, a lot of people get prayed for, but they don't actually pray in other tongues. I expect every single time that we teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we teach about the benefit of other tongues, of praying in other tongues, that people will get it instantly every single time if you give them enough information about it. You understand? And, and we can't teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit every week because we want to pray for people to receive. You say, you say, yeah, but, you know, I want it today. Well, you make an appointment, you come in, we'll teach you, and we'll pray for you if you want it today and this week or next week or whatever, whenever it is. But... You come expecting, if, you're not, if you don't pray in other tongues today, you come expecting in that series when we started, be watching for it, and I promise you, you'll receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because God's not a liar. If I know how to give good gifts to my children, how much more does God give the Holy Ghost to those that ask Him? That's Scripture. That's Scripture. How much more? Everybody say much more. Not just, not just a little more, much more, right? And without... Being able to pray in the Spirit, many times I have to go with what my first thought in my head is. I have to go with what things look like in the natural. I have to go with with the experiences of other people. Well, they did it, so I guess I'll do it. Man, it's a recipe for disaster. Well, they did it that way, and you know, I heard so-and-so preach, and, and they did it that way. Okay, glean from that. But you can't just copy it. You've got to hear God for yourself. And I'm telling you today, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, how many mistakes you ever made in your life, you have the ability today to hear the voice of God. So you can live day to day in victory from one victory to the next, from one faith experience to the next, instead of constantly being stressed Another bad situation. Oh my God, if it's not one thing, it's something else. If this doesn't break down or this doesn't happen or whatever here, I'm, you know, it, it's always working in a negative way. God doesn't want you to live day to day in a negative way. He wants you to live from victory to victory. How many know that you're more than conquerors through Christ who loved you? Amen? We're more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors, we're more than a conqueror. Right? Why? Because He did the work, we get to receive all the benefits. That's what makes you more than a conqueror. He did all the work. He went to the cross. Now we have to learn to receive. And we have an adversary out there that works overtime to convince you that really doesn't quite work that way. I'm telling you today it does. Amen? I'm telling you not only does it work that way, it works in a really great way that way. Amen? Um, Romans chapter 4 What we read in Luke 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That's day to day. Every single day. Romans 4 and verse 17. Just giving you some elementary things, but yet so profound. So profound. Verse 17. As it is written, I've made you the father of nations, talking about Abraham. In the presence of him whom he believed God, he believed God, 
Everybody say, Abraham believed God. Say this, me too. Who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall my descendants be. I don't know about you, but I'm a descendant of Abraham. How, how many believe that today? L- lift your hand. You believe you're a descendant of Abraham. So he said, not only for him, but for all of his descendants. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, already dead, since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to also to perform that God was able to perform that so I want you to think about a couple of things here Um, and so I find that that the scriptures from a mental perspective, can be very uh, a little confusing. Anybody ever felt that way with Scripture? Sometimes it can seem like it's a little, a little confusing. It's not, but to our natural minds and our unrenewed minds or our minds that don't think according to the way things are worded, it, can be, it, it, it appears confusing. It's not confusing. It, it is what it is, but we have, to, we have to learn to think the way he thinks. So, in verse 17 here, which, which I believe, in, in, I know in my own life, I'll just speak for myself, I know in my own life, this revelation totally transformed me years ago. And it's increasing more today than ever before in my life, this revelation. And he said this, As it is written, I've made you the father of nations, In the presence of him whom he believed, he believed in God, Abraham did, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He calls those things which be not as though they they are. Um, So, in other words, what we have to learn to do is to call what isn't as though it is. That's the truth, right? Right? What we're not doing is we're not calling something that is as though it isn't. We're calling things that aren't as though they are. Not things that are as though they're not. And we're not calling things... um, We're not calling something that is as though it is. Now... I just want to talk those three conditions. I want to talk it out just for a second, and I, and I want to say it like this. So, if we're talking about, if we're talking about what God says about our bodies, about that we're well, the Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus, what Jesus went through physically in His physical body, the stripes that He took upon Himself. By those stripes, we are healed. Actually, the literal says we were healed. So if we were, then we are. If I was healed then, then I am. Well, okay, anybody ever had symptoms in their body that looked like you were sick? Everybody raise your hand so we don't have to cast out lying devils. Everybody's not felt well at a certain time. So we have symptoms that, that, that appear that we're sick, so we're not saying that we don't have symptoms when we have symptoms. You have symptoms in your body, you're blowing your nose, your head's running, somebody asks you, uh, look like your nose is running. Oh, no, it's not, it's not, it's not. No, you're lying. See, that's a lie. That, that, you know, God doesn't like lies, and so if you're lying about it, you know, you're lying about it trying to ignore what it is that you're facing, uh, that doesn't produce the great power. Did you hear what I'm saying? Lying doesn't work, okay? So we're not calling something that is as though it isn't. We're declaring that what is attacking our body has no right to remain. That's what Abraham did. And 
For years and years and years, he was moved trying to help God out, trying to do everything else except believe. He tried to help God out for years and years and years. And when it became revelation that what God does, what God did when he saw nothing is he said, light be and light was. What God's trying to get us to do is not create thinking that we're creating things on our own. What he wants us to do is to call things that he says are are as though they are. See? And, and so when we see something that is not of God and, 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 and we have symptoms in our physical body, what he wants us to declare is, no, no, no. Yeah, I feel this way. I see these symptoms on my body. But by his stripes, I'm healed. He wants us to declare that God sent his word and he healed me and delivered me from all destruction. God wants me to speak what he did and not be moved by what I see or how I feel. Now the other thing is, and it's more of an elementary statement that I just read, is God doesn't want you calling what is as though it is. Oh man, I'm sick. What's wrong? Oh, I'm just sick as a dog. I feel really sick. I feel really bad. I'm focused on how I feel instead of learning to call those things that be not as though they were. Because you feel bad. You're not, a, you're not denying the fact that you feel bad. You may have symptoms. You may have a fever. You may have gotten a diagnosis from a doctor that something is a certain way. Okay? We're not, we're not, we're not changing any of that. What I'm saying based on what God says over here. See, I'm not, this isn't my thoughts and my ideas. This is what God says is so. So you can either day to day learn to develop a routine of calling those things which be not as though they were. Because if you're not doing that, then you're either going to call things that are as though they aren't, or you're going to constantly talk about what is as though it is. And what happens when you talk what is as though it is? It is. It stays that way. Nothing changes. Nothing in your life will change if you don't learn how to implement what God says is so. Now, people say, well, you know, you know, you know I don't think that the Bible says that that's what we should do. I mean, I, I mean, maybe there's a scripture or something. Well, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to give you at least four. Amen? <clears throat> Amen? Mark, or, uh, James chapter 3. What are we talking? About living day to day and day to day being tied to what we say as a result of what we learn to hear. When you begin to change what you say, you'll begin to develop a hearing internally that will supersede anything that you feel or, or, or supersede anything that you're, you could potentially be moved by based on what you see. And when we live our lives where we're not moved and we believing the word of God, then the same blessings, the same results that came to Abraham and everybody else in the Bible that believed God's word, the same type of results will come to us the same way. Can you say amen? James chapter um, 3, we're talking about what we say. Is it that important that I say what, what, what God's Word says? James um, <clears throat> 3 and verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect, or that word perfect there is mature. He's a mature developed man, able also to bridle the whole body. Um, look at that in the Amplified. Verse 2. We all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things. He is a fully developed character and a perfect man able to control his whole body and curb his entire nature. Everybody just take a deep breath right now. There lies your victory right there. 
right there. I mean, I mean, is the Bible full of absolutes that it can't, it, 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 it can't produce? Or is the Bible full of absolutes that if you do those, you'll have all those absolutes? I mean, all of them. All of them. You say, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, that's not enough. Okay. Proverbs 18. I'm just not sure about it. Well, you know, you don't have to be sure about it today, but you have to become sure about it. This has to become real to you. Verse 21, Proverbs 18. Death and life, I'm reading, I'm reading it out of the Amplified. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In other words, death and life, you can say destruction or blessing or advancement are in the power of the tongue or what you say. And they who indulge it shall eat the fruit of it for death or for life. In other words, for good or bad. Whatever you choose. So, when people say, well, you know, my life is in God's hands. Well, there's truth to that. But the direction of the life that God paid for for you and I is in what we say. I can't live my life calling things that are as though they are. That's not God's plan for you and I. Death and life the blessing or the curses in life, living under the thumb or living on top, have to do with what I say. And what I say is not just, you know, saying some positive things and having a good attitude. I know some people that are positive, that have no revelation of the word, and they still sink. I know people that are born again, that know what the word says, but they don't do anything with the word and they sink. Did you hear what I said? You can be non-born again and positive and you can get good results just being positive, but in the end, it won't produce what God's word says it'll produce if you and I don't take serious that living a victorious life day to day is totally connected to what we say. Now here, now as I said earlier, it's connected to what I say based on what I'm hearing. That's what, that's what produces the belief. For me to really believe this, I have to be hearing what to say from God. Not just saying anything, but saying the things that God wants me to say. Can that be developed? Can I have that type of a lifestyle? Absolutely. God's word says we can, and if we, he, he says we can, then we can. Matthew 12. And I'm going to read this in the New King James. Matthew 12 and verse 33. He said, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit. You brought of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth evil things but i say to you that for every idle word men may speak they will give account of it in the day of judgment for by your words you will be justified and by your words in other words what you say you'll be condemned who do you, who, by, by, who, uh, by what who says? Me. What I say over my life. Death and life are in the power of what I say for me. See, I can say things over you, but at the end of the day, what you're saying about yourself is directing your life. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Right? And a lot of times people take that as though God is just orchestrating our life. So every bad thing that happens, God manifested that. And when this ugly thing happened over here, well, God just needed to do that to me because he needed to teach me something. Anybody ever seen a bad experience teach them anything? Listen, wait. 
I've never seen a bad experience ever teach anybody anything if they weren't letting God be God in the midst of the experience. It's God that's the teacher. It's his word that is the teacher, not the experience. See, you go by experience, you're going to make all kinds of bad decisions. See, if you go by experiences that led you in fear, then you're going to make fear decisions in life that are not of God. To say that God is telling you to do something out of fear is to stand in front of me and convince me that you got a quart of 30-weight oil and you poured it into a container and you poured a bunch of water in there and you got them to mix. God will never tell you to do anything out of fear. Never. Never. Yeah, but you know, what if some bad thing's going to happen and God needs to tell me? Then you know what God will say? Don't go there. He won't say, Ah, you're going you're gonna to die. He's not going to say that. He doesn't speak like that. He's going to tell you, don't go there. I heard a story of a, remember the guy, remember the, what was it, the, um, it was the post office in Oklahoma? Anybody remember where somebody came and shot up the post office? It was Oklahoma, years ago. And I heard the story of a guy, faithful guy, that had worked for the post office, I want to say maybe 30, 40 years. And he got up that morning And something said to him, you don't need to go to work today. And if I'm I'm remembering right, he had never missed a day from work except for vacations or something along that line. He thought to himself, that's a stupid thought. Why would I even think that? There's a voice telling you to do something. Got dressed, put his clothes on, ate breakfast, whole time. He kept just hearing that voice. He didn't hear the voice that said, if you go to work, you're going to die. God God doesn't speak that way. It's a still, small voice just saying, this is what I want you to do. He got in his car. He drove toward the post office. I heard this story myself. He gets up to the post office, and he can't drive in. So he drives around the block. If 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 I remember right, he drove around the block I don't know, seven, eight, nine times. And finally, he drove home, called and said, I'm not coming in today. And he could, he was a born-again Christian. He knew how to hear the voice of God. But listen to me. You work for the same place for 30, 40 years. You never miss a day. You're faithful to your job. To do something like that, you've got to be confident in the voice of God. What did it do? It saved his life. You know why? Because the counter that was shot up, he was the counter guy at the, if I'm not mistaken, he was the, he worked the counter at the post office. Why didn't God speak to those other people? How many believe that God didn't speak to those other people? God spoke to all of them. You know why? That guy listened and he didn't go. I don't know how how many other people didn't go the same way, but I just heard that testimony. God speaks. God speaking is not the issue. You and I developing our ability to hear when God speaks and know His voice through His Word. When I'm talking to you today, talking to you about day-to-day, and I'm speaking from God's Scriptures, I'm reading to you these Scriptures, this is God speaking to you. Right? Because I'm talking from the Scriptures. Now, whatever slant I give something, whatever I say that I believe this is saying, you've got to go and believe that that's true for you. You can't take it just because I said it. But you can take what I read to you from Scripture because that's God speaking to you. I believe what I'm telling you today is God speaking to you because I believe it, but you've got to believe it for yourself. If you don't, you're not developing your ability to hear God. It's just what Pastor Bert said. It's good. Take what I'm saying, but then take it a step farther because the Holy Spirit's inside of you to reveal to you what this is saying to you personally. 
And when you get that, there, there, there's, it, I mean, it's all over. In life, it's all over. From day to day, it's all over. No more stress-filled days. Is there not the potential for stress-filled days? Every single day, and you're gonna, the more you're going to live in God, the more opportunity you're going to have to be stressed totally out. But I choose to believe what God says. I choose day to day to call those things that be not as though they are. I choose to wake up in the morning and acknowledge the greatness of God every day, thanking God for how good he is. So when I'm putting it out there, then I'm walking into the word that I've declared for that day, believing and having more of an ability to overcome situations than I would if I woke up calling the way I feel as though it is. Oh, man. So absolutely tired. I don't even want to get up. I hate work. I hate going over there. I hate all the people there. I hate even, I, I, I just, I hate this town. What am I even here for? Well, I, I mean, I mean, and, I mean, and so, so all you're doing is listening to voices. You're listening to voices telling you things that you don't like about what you do instead of calling those things that be not as though they are. And you know what? When you call things that be not as though they are, you're going to find good in everything you do. You're going to find good in every single person. Yeah, well, Pastor, you don't know this one worker I have. I promise you there's something good there. And God wants you to find it. And he wants you to focus on that. And love them and accept them. Because you know what? The kindness of God coming through you is what will lead that person you think is so bad to repentance. How many have ever heard the story of the little old lady at the car dealership in McAllen? Okay, there's enough that haven't heard it, so the rest of you just act like you've heard it. <coughs> You know, you know, the thing about stories there is this, and, and I, I've realized this. You can hear a story 15 times, 20 times, 100 times. You can hear that story. But if you'll really listen, you'll get something else from the story. Why? Because of what I said earlier. We're going from revelation to revelation. See, the word is producing revelation in our life. So when I hear a story, I may hear something I never heard before. But if you're thinking, ah, crap. Man. How many times has he told that stupid story? Well, you know, greatest revelation you'll ever get is life isn't just about you. There may be somebody else needs to hear it. Anyway, I'm going to tell it because it's my story and today it's my pulpit. <laughs> um, so I took over a business where I I bought a business, I didn't take it over, I bought it. I bought a business, and, I, and it was an auto, automotive detail business down in the Rio Grande Valley, and I had about, when I bought it, I, I had about 15 dealerships. It was, my, it was my own business, and I would drive to different dealerships, about 15 of them, from, from McAllen to Rio Grande City to Westlaco to Harlingen to Brownsville. And I would, I would, and I had my van, and all my supplies were in my van, and I'd just go from dealership to dealership, and I'd do, I'd do detail work. Anybody, uh, it's outdated, but anybody ever seen real pinstripes? Huh? Well, I used to put pinstripes and on Trans Ams. I used to put Trans Am Eagles. They used to have a big eagle on the Trans Am years ago, and I'd put those Trans Am, Trans Am Eagles on, the, on there. I'd save the dealerships a lot of money, and then they'd turn around and, oh, anyway. But... I do those kind of things. I do luggage racks and and uh, um, and uh, chrome siding and body side moldings and all different kinds of things. So I'd go in and and I, it was a great business. I had it for almost five years and never had a slow day. It worked about five and a half days a week, uh, well, more like six days a week, and uh, never had a slow day in five years. And it was an amazing business. Well, there's one dealership that I went to. When I first started, um, the guy that sold me the business and other people told me, watch out for the lady there. I mean, she is a booger. I mean, she's mean, and she'll take forever to get you a check because every week, at the end of the week, I'd submit my invoices. And then she'd cut me a check, and, and she's supposed to leave it on her desk on Friday afternoon when, after she left, and then I'd go in and get, and get the check. And so, I mean... For about three or four weeks after I first bought the business, the check was never there. Sometimes I didn't get it for two weeks. 
And, and, you know, with the way I ran my business, I needed to be paid then, you know. And um, so one day I, I, I was praying and asking God about it, and he said, uh, he said, you just, you start doing things for her. And I thought, yeah, but, but see, I, what, see what, what, did, what did I have already built up? I had a judgment against her. Why? Because of other people's words about her. Right? Okay? So if everybody else said, I hadn't heard anybody say one good thing about the woman. Not one. Not one good word. So here's the judgments that everybody else had about her, and now I'm taking those judgments, and I'm judging her with those words. Anybody else like to be treated that way? You are. Other people do that with you. But you, you know what, we want, we want to get free of doing those kind of things. And the way you do it is looking for the good in the person, like I was saying earlier. So I started going in and just telling her, because what I would do is, I had never even met the lady, I just, because I was kind of afraid of her. So I left my receipts, my invoices on her desk, and then came back hoping she was going to leave it. I left her a note, I said, um, so-and-so sold the business to me. Now I'm the one that's receiving. If you could leave my check, thank you. Never. She never, never left the check two weeks, sometimes three weeks before I'd get paid. So I went in one day and I told her, I said, um, hi, my name's Burt Wimberly, and uh, I've heard that you're, that you're the, you're the uh, owner's mother and that you write all the checks here at the dealership. And she's just staring at me. She had this look. I just want you to know that I, I appreciate it, you know, when I, I'm, I'm bringing you my uh, invoices and just, you know, when you have time to write that out, I, I, I would appreciate it. So I didn't go in there and say, hey, I need my check. So it was like another week to get the first time. And so I came back in the next week. I still hadn't been paid. And I said, uh, these are my invoices. Um, I'm just saying whenever you have, have time. And she said, here's your check. From the, the week previous so she took those invoices the next Monday that check was there over time a relationship started with that little lady and I won that lady to the Lord and I left the valley I moved from the valley and probably three or four years wasn't it Beck or so after we moved up here I get a call one day and uh, somebody said Miss so and so just died in a car wreck. She was parked at a at a stoplight. She or at a stop at a stoplight, and she took off into the middle. And somebody ran the stoplight and just hit her right in her door and killed her. What would have happened had I not led that lady to the Lord? What would have happened in her life? I mean, she she she. I, I mean, I'll just tell you this right now. She was a mean old bitty. She was mean. But when she met the God of Burt Wimberley, she began to soften. And I led her to the Lord one day, about three or four years in. And, and you know why I led her to the Lord? Because she asked me about the Lord. You know why she asked me about the Lord? Because of my life. Because of the way I treated her. You know what? You know why she was so mean? Everybody treated her mean. The same people that told me she's mean and ugly and all the things that she was that created a judgment in my mind, all those people got the same words whenever they came in around into her life. Somebody had to break it. And the way you break things day to day in your life is based on what you say. I began to pray for that lady every day. Things didn't just change overnight. I began to pray for her. And not only did I pray for her, but I changed my approach. It's the kindness of God that leads a person to repentance. The kindness of God. How are people going to see how kind? I mean, when you act ugly, you're not demonstrating the, the, the greatness of God when you're ugly because someone did something to you. You're not showing people how God reacts to a situation. God always demonstrates his love. Always. He always operates in love because he is love. And how, how can love be hatred or ugliness it can't 
He always does those things. And that's how we live day to day and walk in the fullness of God by the words of our mouth and what we say and what we declare and how we call things the way that they're supposed to be. These verses of scripture that I've read to you, one one other verse, and then I'm going to end with a thought for you today. One other verse that drives this point home is Hebrews 3.1. And actually, I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. Consider Jesus in everything that we say. That's a full-time job. That's full-time. Consider, would Jesus say this? Consider what does Jesus think about this situation? Consider what he would do and how he would react before we do anything. And I promise you, your day-to-day will go from victory to victory. What does that mean? That means you're in times when you're not victorious, you know, pursuing the victory because of what God says about a situation instead of being moved by what you see. What Abraham, where Abraham came in his life, he was fully convinced that what God had promised, that he was able to perform it. So when I'm trusting the God that is inside of me, when I'm trusting him day to day, then I can't lose. But I'll never trust him if I'm not changing what I say day to day. If I don't choose to call everything that appears like it, whatever appears to be not a way God wants it to be, that I call it that way even when I don't see it that way. I'm not denying what I'm seeing. I'm just denying it's right to remain that way by what I'm saying. Did you hear what I said? I'm not denying what I'm seeing physically, financially, what in any way. I'm not denying what I'm seeing or how I'm feeling or how the conditions are. I'm not denying them. I'm just denying them the right to remain that way. What I say will create that day to day. Can you say Amen. So I want you to think about this. So what does God say? What does God say in his word about past? About the past? About the present? And about your future? What does God say about the past in your life? God has told us that old things are passed away and everything is brand new. When? Right now. Old things. Something I do in, 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 uh, at a point, I have a, I have a daily routine and part, part of that is a daily workout that I, that I do every day. And during that workout, there's something I say at a certain point every single time. And I say it, I say it multiple times. I say this, I'm forgiven and I'm empowered. I'm forgiven and I'm empowered. God has forgiven me and he's empowered me. To do what? To walk forgiven and do what's right. See, because because when you're not, when you don't believe you're forgiven in your life, for no matter what you've done, if you don't believe you're forgiven, then you're going to constantly focus on that, and the experiences of unforgiveness cause you to make decisions through unforgiveness that want to sabotage your life. Wants to, wants to set you up for destruction instead of victory. I'm forgiven and I'm empowered to do what's right. I'm empowered to walk forgiven. My past is in my past. Akuna 
matata. Right? My past is here. That's what God says about it. That's what his word says. And that's what you have to believe. There's many other verses of scripture that talk about that. But you've got to believe. Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, I press toward the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus my Lord. I press toward that mark by forgetting the past. I'm just giving you today the tools to see your past remain in the past by having a routine routine day to day of calling those things that be not as though they are. Learning that and believing it like you've never believed it before in your life. What about the present? What about the present today? Where you're at today? One scripture that really speaks to me about the present, about right now, is that God is the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He'll be the same tomorrow. When I think about the present, I think about What God did in the past for everybody that I read about, what God did through Jesus Christ to prepare me and set me up for victory in every area of my life, what God did through the Apostle Paul and Peter and all the writers of the New New Testament and all the examples of people in the New and the Old Testament, what God did for them, if He did it for them back there, He'll do it for me today. Can you say amen? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what about the future? What about the future? The future is tied to this message today. Your future is in your mouth. Your future is in your mouth. The future of living and operating in victory day to day is in what you say. And you know, I had a guy come to me one day and he said, you know, after teaching something along this line about what you say, and and the person said to me, actually, you're sitting here right now. I won't look at you. But the person said to me, I heard you preach that a long time ago. And then he said, I heard you preach it again. And he said, I heard you preach that again. And I heard you preach it again. And again. And I wasn't getting it. And he said, what I wasn't getting is I really didn't believe that that would change things in my life by what I said. He said, but when, he said, a while back, God began to show me because I was listening to one of your messages about that and it, and it did something on the inside of me. When you preached it today, it just reaffirmed in me and strengthened me that my life, my future, everything that happens in the days ahead are going to be the result of not only what I say, but what I believe. Because what it said in Romans 4 is that Abraham believed God. He believed God. He believed God. He didn't just believe in God that there was a God. The devil believes that there's a God. The devil believes in God. I promise you, he believes in God. And he knows his future and he knows where he's headed. But I declare today, we're like our father Abraham and we believe God, his word. And we believe that what we say does not return void, but it accomplishes what we've put it out there to accomplish in the name of Jesus. How many say amen to that today? Amen? If you you believe what I'm saying today is absolute truth, okay? I'm not asking you anything else other than that. But if you believe what I'm telling you is the truth today, I want you to stand to your feet. That's all I'm asking you. I'm not asking you, do you believe this, that, and the other. I'm just asking, if what I'm saying today you believe is the truth, Just lift your hands to God right now. I want to to speak over your life right now. Father, I thank you today that your word that has gone forth today is not returning void to them, but accomplishing what has been set out on a day-to-day basis because they're developing a belief system. They're that mature person 
that is being developed and they're lacking in nothing in their life in the name of Jesus. I believe today, Father, that the words that they are declaring are becoming spirit and life to them like never before. That their best days are before them because their past is in their past. They're leaving their past in their past. Their future is bright because of you. But today, they are empowered in knowing that what you did for others, you're doing for them and will continue to do in their life because you've already done it. We're on the receiving end of everything that you have for us today. I release that blessing, that empowerment on your people today that as they speak the word, I'm I'm just seeing it right now in my spirit. As you're speaking the word every day, that new revelation is coming to you like you've never seen before in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We honor you today. We give you praise. Can you say amen to that? Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, give God praise today.